Hello, my name is Megan Goss. I'm the managing editor here at Link NKY, and I am here to talk about this week's Sunday story, which our reporter Shannon Paul worked on. Hi, Shannon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us today. Could you tell me a little bit about the story you worked on? Oh, well, I worked on a story about, uh, it started out, I think, just really being about what are the options you know, for elder care in Northern Kentucky and finding, you know, a good story of somebody who was in the process of, you know, being a caregiver, uh, managing care for their parents. Um, we found a really great uh, example, uh, Terry Burke, she uh, lives in Ludlow and she is taking care of both of her parents who have very different situations. Her mother is has more um, sort of physical health and mobility issues where her father um, was diagnosed with dementia. So, um, you know, different sort of scenarios for both parents, different kinds of care. Um, you know, and she found herself, she actually moved home she was living in Memphis and going back and forth oh, to help gosh. care for her, right? Going back and forth. And then she decided to move here full time. So, um, so yeah, it started out being kind of like, what are the options for care? And I think it ended up being um, something a bit more alarming that's uh, happening with our seniors in the area. And that is that they are, you know, coming up against homelessness and or just right, hovering right above it. Um, and so not only are they in some of the toughest health struggles of their life, uh, they're also facing a financial struggle and, you know, on the brink of homelessness, food insecurity, things like that. So, so even if you have the financial resources, um, like Terry, mm -hmm. um, I imagine it would be a struggle to, you know, say you're trying to put both your parents in a home or some sort of care. I imagine you'd want them in the same place. And if they don't both specialize in, you know, if they don't specialize in both the things that her parents would need specialization in, that would probably also be a challenge. Yeah, you know, she... That was what struck me about Terry. We that is she always talks about how lucky she is. Um, you know, both of her parents were uh, dual. They both had incomes. Uh, their whole marriage. Her mother was a teacher, and her father was a truck driver with the Teamsters. So, um, you know, both uh, jobs where they had pensions. Um, they're on group health plans. You know, they don't. They're um, so they have their own sort of financial resources. Her parents do, but then also, you know, she had savings. She was able to. You know, she doesn't have children of her own. Um, she was able to, you know, really put her parents, you know, front and center in her life and kind of pull back on her career and, and afford to move, you know. Um, so most, I would say most people who are up against those kinds of challenges, and, and Terry would be the first to say so, um, don't have that luxury um, of having, you know, parents who are, uh, you know, well, you know, well prepared um, financially into retirement. And, you know, especially with dementia, like she talked a lot about when her neurologist diagnosed her father, um, one of the, you know, just one of the, it was a very alarming conversation, but, you know, to say um, this actually kills caregivers, you know, um, which was another reason, a big motivator for her to move home because she didn't want to put all this on her mother who was already really strong struggling physically. So, um, you know, it's just so stressful. You don't know how fast it's going to progress. Um, you know, they're lucky now that there are FDA approved medications for 
dementia and Alzheimer's, but they don't really, you know, they're not covered by Medicare. Um, even the adult daycare program that she pays for out of pocket, um, you know, for her parents or they, they pay for, I shouldn't say it's just her. It's, it's, but they, it's a private pay, um, service. And, you know, on the, the Medicare website, they talk, they don't pay for it. Um, they don't cover it. So it's, you know, what some, a lot of people I think don't realize, especially younger people is that Medicare is really just like medical. It's like, you know, it's sort of like your basic service services and like, you know, it's, but when you start talking about needing, um, you know, care over long periods of time, needing residential services, you know, it's not uncommon for some of the uh, assisted living or, um, you know, more uh, round the clock nursing homes to be at least ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month. Um, and that's in this area, you know, this is, and, and the, the irony is that most everybody would say, I don't want to go into a nursing home, but it's, you know, the, the reality is, uh, that's okay because they probably can't afford it. And, you know, a lot of people can't, a lot of people can't afford that kind of care. And that's why, you know, there's this emphasis on financial planning and getting something like, you know, like a long-term care health policy in place um, as we think about retirement. But, you know, that, that puts a lot of onus on the individual. And I think, you know, with, um, you know, wages where they are. I think that's a struggle for most families. Most families I don't think you would talk to or even individual people would say that they feel like they're saving enough for retirement mm -hmm. on top of having to think about paying for a long-term health insurance plan um, and, you know, saving anything additional for, you know, things that they might they might need. You just don't know what you're, you're up against. Right. So, yeah. so what are some of the factors that are leading to this rise in uh, older people who are experiencing homelessness or who are close to, you know, kind of on the brink? Yeah. You know, it's complicated. And I didn't, you know, there were a, a couple people that I talked to, I think both um, Margie Volpenhain at the Senior Resource Center, they, they, they work with a lot of people who are sort of on the verge, um, you know, and then at the... Um, it was Danielle, I'm blanking on her last name, I think it's Amrine. Um, she is the CEO over at Emergency Shelter of Northern Kentucky. That's that's where a lot of people are ending up, you know. That's after things have sort of failed. Um, you know, they're... It, you know, and I think the the face of homelessness is much more diverse than what I think people kind of what she termed as like the guy on the corner, mm -hmm. you know, asking for, for money, um, you know, which people have a lot of feelings about one way or the other. But um, that there's a, a lot more homelessness going on that just sort of exists. You know, there are couples sleeping in their car in Walmart, you know, at, at overnight, uh, you know, truck stops, rest area. You know, you'll find a lot of people living in their cars um, and it's not uncommon. They, she said there was a couple they were they were working with trying to get them into the shelter um, who'd been homeless and living in their car for two years and the, and the the I think she said the husband was even had, had a colostomy bag like it's like these this is a serious you know and these are people who oftentimes uh, the the kind of scenario I got is that they're not used to asking for help they're not used to ever having to need help it's really um, emotionally upsetting um, they're they're ashamed they're they don't want to ask their family because they're ashamed they're embarrassed but you know, people are sort of, you know, with, you know, we all feel it at the grocery store with our utility bills. You know, if you were living paycheck to paycheck in 2019, um, the chances are you're, you know, it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, and um, 
you know, sometimes it's just a missed utility bill. Then it's all of a sudden they can't pay rent. Now they're being evicted. And in some cases, you know, with all of the sort of changing real estate market and landscape around here, a lot of people, it's just somebody bought their building and now they have to go. And, you know, and unfortunately, you know, maybe they, they you know, finding a place that's comparable or uh, for low income folks, you know, uh, just the market just isn't there well and when you have lived somewhere for a long time and have built an entire community around it you know the things you need are within walking distance or you can ride the bus or your friends or your family are there and then all of a sudden you know if the community you live in has if you're kind of priced out of it it's like well now what right and all we really have is tank and said you know you've got to think some of these older folks it's like their friends have died you know or they've moved away or maybe they're in a facility somewhere it's like you know um you know, there's there's a lot of change that happens in in their lives, and they may not have the the safety net that they had even you know maybe five or ten years ago. Or a spouse dies. Oftentimes, that's enough. You know, it's enough of a crisis. Um, heard a lot like the spouse dies, and maybe that spouse, you know, maybe they thought that the spouse had more. You know, uh, on the they didn't realize how much debt they had. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories like that that you hear. Oh gosh, that's heartbreaking. I know it really is. So you had reported that about 16% of people in Boone, Kenton, and Campbell counties right now are 65 or older, and that that number is likely going to rise to between 20 and 25% in the next 10 years. What does that mean for the region? Now, I want to caveat that somewhat because all of the data that I think we're, that we're using to make a lot of those projections was before COVID. So, but, but the census data is still that the percentages are right on. But when we start talking about the predict, the predictions, they may shift. Also, people just don't really know how many babies are going to be born. Like we know there's been a decline, but there could be a boom next year, you know? So you're, we're, we're talking a little bit about, you know, we're doing some forecasting, but I mean, at the same time, I think we know that there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of people who are 62, 60, you know, that are really close, you know, that we know there's a lot of them and they're, um, and they're aging into that, that scenario. So, I mean, like you look at across the healthcare industry, people are bracing for more older people than ever before. Um, so I'm sorry. (laughs) I care. Oh no. What does that mean for the region? region. Well, for the region. Oh, geez. I mean, you know, the other, the other piece of this that I think is worth mentioning is there's a, a health, there's a worker shortage in home health care and some of these um, caring, you know, nursing homes. Um, one of the, the people I talked to recommended asking, you know, whenever you shop for a, an assisted living facility, ask how many employees actually work there versus our contract, you know, especially with dementia, because you said a lot of these facilities, they're 75% contract. And it's really because they can't keep people in these jobs. And, you know, if you go online and you look for listings for like a home healthcare aid, these jobs pay 12 and $15 an hour. And it's, you know, that's, it's hard work. You're with, and you're with people who are struggling, you know, it's, it's emotionally uh, challenging. It's, uh, you know, physically challenging. A lot of times you're having to lift people and, you know, you have to remember their medication. You know, there's, there's a lot to it. And I think that as a society, as a culture, not just our region, but we just don't value care enough. And the reality is that we all need it. And I think, um, you know, there are people who are sort of, you know, 
I think it's important that we talk to people, you know, who are in that kind of last line of defense, that that safety net and helping people who are food insecure and homeless, because I think they are all saying, hey, like we're we're seeing a lot more of this. This is way more complicated. This is, you know, people are really dire straits. And, um, you know, I think we just need to start listening and really thinking about what how, you know, without, a you know, even if it doesn't drive like dollars, although our hospitals are very much profit driven in most instances, it's like, but, um, you know, thinking about how to value things that maybe don't drive profit, you know, how do we just, how do we value human beings, you know? Right. And when it's your job to keep someone alive, like it makes me think about my kids are thankfully not in daycare anymore, but not that there's anything wrong with daycare. It's just expensive, but the, you know, the people who took care of my kids day in and day out were making, you know, not nearly enough either. And so I think that's a really interesting point that we don't value care right. enough. And, you know, there's been, I've even seen, this is a long time ago, I've seen these programs where they talk about, I should look into this before I talk about it, but I know, I remember seeing something where they were trying to match, you know, like even seniors with children, you know, because a lot of times there's beneficial. Yes, like a kindergarten inside of an, I saw something about that too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, so there's something beneficial there and there's something probably similar about, you know, caring for some of these population. Not to say that elderly people are, you know, like children, because I don't think that's true, but I think that the care that we require is much more about um, connecting and um, feeling uh, belonging and like they, the, you know, even some of these independent living centers, that's really the value that they bring for these seniors is, you know, they can move out of these multiple story homes, they can, and and they have social activities, you know, um, and that's a big part of what it means to stay, you know, just kind of alive and connected. You know, we have a lot of folks that are just, especially out in our rural areas that get very isolated. Um, they don't have access to transportation, you know, all we really have in Northern Kentucky is tank, which is great, but you know, there's a lot of limitations when it comes to serving these special populations. So yeah, we just, I think we just really need to start, you know, like pardon the pun, but like getting our arms around caring and, and what it means, you know, to, to provide the kind of quality of life that we want, we want caregivers to have. We want them to be able to give to our loved ones. Right. Yeah. So is there anything else I haven't touched on that you think it's important to to talk about that came from your reporting or any important points you want to make sure we add? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, I guess the really only thing is I think that the people who are doing this work are really incredible people. And I just, I, it was a privilege to talk to them. And I just, um, I want more people to hear their story. Thank you so much. All right, well, that was your Sunday story. Thank you so much for listening.